Good morning, church. Let's stand up on our feet as we worship the Lord.
I'm so grateful for so many things about this church, and one of them is this awesome worship team that helps us to express our heart to God every week. Thank you. You guys are amazing. The word that's on my heart for you for this week, for this season, is the word grace. I pray that you have received grace and that you will give grace. Maybe a good question to start with is, have you received grace? This life-changing power of Jesus. Are you able to then give that grace for the things that can be hurtful in life where you have to offer forgiveness out of the forgiveness that you have received? Paul is one of the writers of the New Testament and he would often uh, start a letter by saying, grace to you. And it wasn't just a word saying, I hope you're having a good day or I hope the day gets better. It was a word layered with power. Now remember, Paul was the man on his way to Damascus far from God, and God encountered him, and he got saved on his way to Damascus. And then he became what many have called the the apostle of grace. He wrote the book of Romans, which just expands on grace in ways that still blows the mind of humanity. Amazing grace is what he wrote about. And in Ephesians, he kind of captured it like this. He said, we were all dead. We were dead in our sins. And we had a certain path. It was a path of disobedience. And on that path of disobedience, our hearts were so darkened. They became foolish because of sin. And so we were quite hopeless. But God, who is very rich in mercy and full of great love, made us alive. By grace, grace, we are saved. It says in Ephesians 2, he made us brand new, making us what the Bible calls a masterpiece so that we would go on and do the good things that he planned a long time ago. So we not only receive this grace and we're made alive, we're forgiven and put on a new path, but it's a path of purpose where we are fulfilling destiny. So we are givers of grace. So when he said grace to you, It was speaking of the power of Jesus in you to redeem, to restore, to literally reroute your life. If you have received grace and you are a Christian following Jesus that puts you on a path, imagine where you would be today if you didn't know him, if you had not received grace. See, that grace has rerouted your life. Grace in us, rerouting us, restoring us. I want to show you what is captured in Romans. This is chapter 8, verse 29. But I want to give it to you in the message paraphrase. All right? Message paraphrase, powerful, powerful words. God knew what he was doing from the beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. So his grace is to shape us. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. This is amazing. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing completing what he had begun. So it's a grace that you receive, 
And it begins a transformation that is so profound it leads to purpose until, like Paul, you can say it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So it's this thorough, deep life change, and then you go on and give that same influence to other people. It's a story of grace. There's nothing else like it. And it allows me to stand here every Sunday and say, if there is something in your past that you can't escape, then grace be to you. If there is a problem that is trying to to define you, you, if failure is trying to define you, then grace be to you. And when I say that, I'm not saying I'm sorry. You know, maybe I'm, I'm hoping it'll be as good as a bad situation can be. No, I am saying a word that Paul used that says, in the power of grace, the past doesn't have to be your future. In the power of grace, the problem can be solved. In the power of grace, failure does not have to define you. Grace be to you. I want to share share with you a powerful story of grace today. This is the story of Louis Zepparini. And I want you to travel with me in your mind, and we're going to go back to 1948. Let's go back to California, it's L.A., it's 1948, and soldiers are everywhere because it's post-World War II. And as we're on Sunset Boulevard, we look into a bar, and sitting at the bar is a man who looks anything like but a hero. But he is one. His name is Louis Zepparini. He will end up carrying the torch in five Olympic Games. An amazing, disciplined champion as an athlete. Many say that if World War II would not have interrupted his athletic career, he would have been the first to break the four-minute mile. Today, as we look into that bar, he's 28 years old. He's an alcoholic, and he's trying to drink his demons into submission. He's lost. And that's ironic, because in the war, Louis flew a plane, and he was a bomber, and so he could precisely determine altitude and wind and hit his target most every time. And yet now he's lost. He can't even find his way home. This man is struggling. His wife, Cynthia, has been begging him to quit drinking. But he can't. It's his only reprieve from the demons in his mind. In May of 1943, his plane crashed. He, along with two other soldiers, were adrift in the South Pacific for 47 days. On a raft, often encircled by sharks, one of the men died. Louis and the other, they were finally captured by the Japanese and they were taken to a brutal prisoner of war camp. It was horrible. This camp happened to be overseen by a man who wore the nickname, The Bird. The Bird set as a goal to beat his prisoners within an inch of their life. Louis and these other soldiers lived in barracks that had no ability to protect them from the weather. They tried to sleep on lice-infested mattresses. It was the absolute worst of living conditions. They were emaciated. They were brutalized, and for whatever reason, this warlord, this man with the nickname The Bird, focused in on Louis, 
and brutalized him. He beat him. And as a result, those memories are what Louis came home with in 48. And I've heard Louis Zepparini say himself that every single night, that evil man who was over that war camp made his way into Louis's nightmares. And the only response he had to it was to try to drink the pain away. If you and I would have seen Louis in 1948, we would have been hopeless that things could ever change. But something happened in Louis's life. Grace happened. Here's the story. In September of 1949... Louis's wife, Cynthia, was invited to hear this man preach. He was holding a series of services, and things were going so well. In other words, God was working, and it went eight weeks every night, and the preacher was Billy Graham. And the night that Cynthia Zepparini went to the service, she heard the message of grace. And at the end of that message, she got up out of her seat, and she walked forward to the front of that platform area, and she prayed what we call the sinner's prayer where she confessed that she was a sinner and she realized that Jesus Christ died for her to forgive her sins. He rose again to give her a new life. And she put her belief in that, confessed with her mouth, believed with her heart, and she was saved. And that night when she went home, she begged Louie to go and hear Billy Graham. Well, he resisted. He said, there is no way. But she would not relent. She kept saying, please go. And so he said, I'll go, but I'm not staying for the entire service. She said, that's fine. Just go for whatever part you're willing to stay. And that night, Louis heard Billy Graham talk about grace in a way that he had never heard before. He heard Billy Graham say that God cares and God loves you. He said, Billy Graham said that God will do miracles in your life, one miracle after another that will move you forward. Louis says, that was the problem. I couldn't move forward. And here is this man talking about grace that will move you forward. He said, my heart was gripped. And when Billy Graham gave that opportunity for people to come forward to pray and ask God, to give them that grace. He said at that point the wall went back up. And he said this is where I'm leaving. And he even said to his wife we're leaving. And when he went to the aisle to turn and exit. He said something gripped his heart and said. You need to receive this. And he said I had a flashback that when I was on the raft. Day after day. I said God if somehow you could get me off this raft and safely home. I would serve you the rest of my life. And he said, I thought God not only got me safely off that rap, but he got me out of that, that prisoner of war camp. And he said, I needed that grace. So instead of leaving, I turned and I went forward. And that night, Louis Zepparini prayed the sinner's prayer. He asked Jesus Christ to become his savior. And when he went home that night, he went straight to the cabinet where all the alcohol was. He poured it out, every single drop. 
And from that time until his death at age 97, he never touched alcohol again. That night, he looked his wife in the eyes and he said, I ask you to forgive me. He found a job, started working because he, he says that he lost everything but his wife and daughter because of the alcohol in his life. He got a good job and he started working. His life was transformed and being transformed. So he received grace. This man who was dead in his sin became alive. This man who was on a course of disobedience, a path that was destroying him, whose heart was darkened, was made alive. He received grace and he was saved. But then he became a giver of grace. In 1952, Louis goes back to the same prisoner of war camp. They gathered all of those people who brutalized Louis. And he stood in front of them and shared his story of salvation. And he looked at every one of those what were at one time war criminals. When the war ended, everybody's slate was wiped clean. So he looked at those men and he said, I totally forgive you and I want you to receive Jesus Christ who has so changed me. Now something has happened profound in your life. If you can turn and go back to the very people who so abused you and initiate a peace talk, initiate a plan of forgiveness to forgive people and say, I hope you can find the same grace that I have found. Among the people that he looked for, obviously he, he wanted to find the main man. He said he lived every, every day before salvation. He lived every day saying, if I ever get enough money to go back, I will go back. And I'm quoting Louis. He said, I will hunt the bird down and I will finish him. And now he's there and he's hunting him, but not to finish him, but to forgive him. He couldn't find him, so he wrote a letter. And I want to read that letter that he wrote. I'll put it on the screen. It says, as a result of my prisoner of war experience under your unwarranted and unreasonable punishment, my post-war life became a nightmare. It was not so much due to the pain and suffering as it was the tension of stress and humiliation that caused me to hate with a vengeance. Under your discipline, my rights, not only as a prisoner of war, but also as a human being, were stripped from me. It was a struggle to maintain enough dignity and hope to live until the war's end. The post-war nightmares caused my life to crumble. But thanks to a confrontation with God through the evangelist Billy Graham, I committed my life to Christ. Love has replaced the hate I had for you. Christ said, forgive your enemies and pray for them. As you probably know, 
I returned to Japan in 1952 and was graciously allowed to address all the Japanese war criminals at the prison camp. I asked them about you, and I was told that you had probably committed suicide, which I was sad to hear. At that moment, like the others, I also forgave you and now would hope that you would also become a Christian. Only grace, I'm talking about power beyond our imagination, could so transform a man. And now you see it, don't you? Grace redeems and it reroutes your life. It rerouted Louis's life to where he's back, offering this message of hope and forgiveness to those who had betrayed him in the worst way. This man who was over the prison that some had thought had committed suicide, he hadn't. He was still alive. And they did find him, but he, he refused to meet with Louis. He just didn't want to do it. But he got the letter. See, grace is also one that you give. It's something that you have received and you give it. And some people may not receive the forgiveness you offered, but that's not on you. Louis said, 10 years after his salvation experience, in front of a huge crowd, for Billy Graham had returned to L.A. for another crusade. And Louis was a guest to give his testimony. At that time in Billy Graham's ministry, he was being criticized, saying that all of those people who are going forward and praying at the end of these services, they're not following through. They're just names on some card. They're not really followers of Jesus. Well, that night, 10 years after the time Louis had walked forward to accept Jesus, Louis stood in front of those people and, and Billy said, you know, maybe some don't follow through, but here's one who has. And Louis came to the podium. And he talked about that night, 10 years earlier, where he had accepted Christ, where he stood and listened to Billy Graham with the mixed emotions and the war going on inside of him, drinking his life away, dealing with the night terror. He said, that night I accepted Jesus. He said, I had no idea that the rest of my life would become about sharing this grace with others. Think about how God had rerouted his life. He said, that night, 10 years ago, and you can watch this, it's on YouTube, you can watch it. Louis said, that night, 10 years ago, when I accepted Jesus, grace came into my life, and he said, the war inside of me ended. Maybe right now, there are some of you, and there's a war going on, the inside. And I'm presenting to you grace that can end that war within. Grace that can set you free. So let me phrase it like this. If you are an addict, grace to you. If you're an alcoholic, grace to you. If your life is driven by some evil, grace to you. If life is falling apart and you feel hopeless and filled with shame, Grace to you.
You'd say, there's no way. That's what everyone would have said in 1948 when they looked at Louis. Let me show you something. This is Louis. He's running the torch. When he was 81 years old, in the very town where he was once a prisoner of war, they said there was no one else who even came close to being the person chosen to run the torch in that leg leading up to the Olympics, but Louis, because he stands as a champion who overcame. No one would have thought in 1948 that he would go on to have this life. All of you have heard of Angelina Jolie. She is producing a movie that comes out at Christmas about his life. She said she was waking up every day in her house in California saying, what am I going to do with my life? We're talking about after all this success. She goes, what am I going to do with my life? And somebody gave me the story of Louis. And when I started looking for where he lived, she said, if you look out of my house, just up the mountain is Louis's house. For 10 years, he sat out on his, his back porch, drinking coffee every morning, overlooking Angelina Jolie's house. She said, the man whose story is changing my life, I saw his house every day. You have no idea how God's going to reroute your life and use it. There have been streets named after Louis. There have been schools named after Louis. Major motion pictures are now coming out about him. He died at age 87, a champion of grace. And the war was settled in him. So I say to anyone, if you're broken for any reason, grace to you. Grace to you. In the Old Testament, they were trying to get the temple rebuilt. And they couldn't. There just was this restrictive presence over the project. They had all the supplies, everything they needed, but they just couldn't get the job done. And the prophet came and he said, you're going to have to shout grace. It was the most unusual strategy. Because grace is the operative power of God. And when they declared grace over that project, the unfinished project was finally finished because grace somehow broke that restrictive presence and allowed them to finish if there's something unfinished in your life. One of the most profound things I've heard Louis say as he's reflecting over his life of going back and speaking to those criminals and you know, all the things he's done in his life, he said, I never knew when I accepted grace that he, he said it like this. He says, if you get saved, make sure you dream again but dream big, he says, because grace doesn't dream small. You mean all this pain, Pastor? Somehow, in some sovereign plan of God, could be woven into a masterpiece of my life? Yes. Yes. You mean somehow you can actually reconcile with your past? And it can become a value. Yes. People that you, you were supposed to be able to trust that betrayed you, you mean you can forgive them? Yes. Yes. Because grace is amazing. 
Grace is amazing. If you're hurting and broken, grace be unto you. If you feel shameful and guilty, grace be unto you. If you feel that people have given up on you, grace be unto you. Grace, 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 grace. Grace to the mountain in your life. Grace to the unfinished project. Grace to that restrictive presence in your life. Grace to the oppressive hand that's bending you over. Grace, grace, grace. Receive it. Give it. That would be the two groups in the room today. One that needs to receive. The other needs to give. Will you pray with me right now? In God's presence, if you need to receive that grace... There's a work that needs to happen in you. Would you just raise your hand right now so you're talking to me. You're talking to me. God bless you. God bless you. That's it. Just get honest. Get honest. That's it. God bless you. Get honest. God bless you. It's a work that needs to happen in you. Young men, young ladies, middle-aged people, senior adults. I'm watching hands go up of every generation. Just keep surrendering. Say, grace needs to happen in me today. Just raise your hand and say, me, me. You're talking to me. If there needs to be a work of grace through you, there's been something that's occurred and you have not gotten over it. And it keeps trying to sabotage your dream, your relationships, your productivity, your success, your personality, your emotional well-being. And something needs to happen in you and then through you. Would you lift your hand right now so you're talking to me? God bless you. Okay, you can put your hands down. There are many of you that have lifted your hands, and you're going to have that opportunity to respond. To those of you who lifted your hands and those of you who wanted to, hear this, like Louis right now, like Louis in 1949, sitting, listening to Billy Graham, he heard grace described, heard about a God who was able, but yet he was still tempted to walk out. I ask you, don't walk out. Walk forward today.